The following episode is brought to you by Content Club. That's patreon.com slash clockshelves, where you could have gotten this episode and pretty much every other episode of season three early and uninterrupted. We are already finishing up season three by the time you hear this in the main free feed. That's right. Content Club is patreon.com slash clockshelves. Check it out. and welcome to another episode of Buffy vs. Converse. As always, I am Paul Casey, and I am delighted to be joined by most, if not all, of our recurring Season 3 folks this evening. Uh, in no particular order, we have Kiona, Lisa, Ruth, and Bill. Go ahead and say hello, folks. Hello, folks. Hello. Hello. Whoops. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hello. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Um, we are going to be discussing the episode Consequences today, the almost immediate follow-up to Bad Girls. Um, but before we get into the actual discussion, I do have my four fantastic facts. So here we go. Uh, Wesley Wyndham Price meets Cordelia for the first time and is clearly immediately attracted to her. He is, however, upset by the fact that she is significantly younger than him, um, with Faith even making uh, use of the phrase jailbait. Although we are later provided with her birthday, which would have put her being 18 here, just for argument's sake. Um, in reality, uh, Charisma Carpenter is only about four years younger than Alexis Denisoff, who plays uh, Wesley Wyndham Price. Um, the ironic thing is Denisoff's wife later wife, Allison Hannigan, um, is actually about eight years younger than him. So it's kind of funny, just one of those, you know, TV math versus real life math sort of things. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Fantastic fact number two, Seth Green is actually absent during this episode because he was filming Austin Powers at the time. This is the only time in season three that a credited main cast member is absent. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, fantastic fact number three, the phone number yeah, that man. Wesley dials uh, when calling the Watchers Council appears to be accurate. Now, I can't confirm this. I've never called England myself personally, but he starts by dialing 1144, which apparently is the correct beginning code to call from the USA yeah. to the UK. Because as we know here, we are one and then like my specific area code is like 570 um you know whatever it's that's why you get like 1-800 blah 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 because ours is always one and you always hear like england is like plus four four or something so apparently 1144 is uh the way to dial from here to there 
apparently, and apparently they did that correctly. So good on them. Um, fantastic fact number four: there was actually an exchange between Angel and Faith that was cut for length. So I will quickly read that now. Angel says, "You and me, Faith, were a lot alike." Faith says, "Well, you're kind of dead." Angel replies, "Like I said." A lot alike. Faith says, sorry, buddy, I'm alive and kicking. In fact, I've got a bodily function that needs attending to pretty quick here. Angel says, you're not alive. You're just running, afraid to feel, afraid to be touched. And Faith replies, save it for Hallmark. I have to pee. <laughs> so <laughs> that exchange. Like the comic book. <laughs> I know I was going to say who wrote that. Christopher Golden. So uh, that exchange is, well, was, fortunately or unfortunately, I guess, depending on your outlook, um, cut for time. Um, so as we get into the discussion for consequences, there is someone very specific. We have our group chat. We've talked about it before on the podcast. Uh, someone specifically sent in a message that they were excited to talk about this episode only because of how much a certain character bugs them. Uh, so with that being said, Lisa, uh, I know this is, uh, you're watching this show for the first time in a very long time. I believe it's the second time you're ever watching the series through. So uh, normally I'll call on Bill or James or Ryan as like the first time viewers, but you as sort of the second time viewer and uh, with, um, I know I don't know. Are we calling it the faith hate, or uh, I'm not quite sure what we're uh, what we're calling it here? But uh, how do you feel about this episode? Consequences. So it's interesting because, like you said, as only a second time viewer, I'll I'll remember how I feel about a character, but I won't remember how I came to the conclusion of how I feel about a character. And so when we when we first meet Faith through you know the my second viewing now. I, I remember when she came up, oh, right, I don't like Faith. But I couldn't quite remember why, because she didn't really bug me those first couple episodes. So I was like, there must be something that really triggers me at some point. Uh, and then I watched this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so it like really reminded me why I dislike the character. And I, I don't know if it's even so much... Now it is the character. I'm trying to like make a justification, but... I, I wrote it down as I was watching the episode and I feel like it really encompasses my feeling about it, which is that being in denial or not taking accountability for your actions doesn't mean you get a pass to be selfish and hurt other people. And that's what I wrote during the episode as I was feeling all these things, um, probably because in my own personal life, there's been a lot of people in my life who maybe had really difficult traumatic past and didn't want to go to therapy and didn't want to work on those things. And then just made everyone around them completely miserable with their selfish actions. And so there's a lot of like that transference there where faith is really triggering me to people that I've dealt with in my own personal life where it's like, I, I'm empathetic that she's been through stuff. And as a counselor, right, you would hope I'm empathetic that she's been through stuff, but that doesn't mean you get to ruin the lives of everybody around you because you've been through some shit and don't feel like processing it. I I would have to agree. Like that's something, um, you know, 
20s into 30s um not even from like the counselor perspective like you have but just like a lot of friends and stuff and i'm guilty of it myself like i have friends who uh like so um i've talked about it before but like recently like uh my mom and i and and my stepdad we all took a trip and i was like yeah you know we're gonna be we're, we were mostly hitting like states in the south and um people at my job were like oh you should stop here in like maryland and and whatever and they were like, I can't believe you haven't been to some of these places. Like I had, I, and my mother is actually here, Ruth. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think until that trip we had been, I had ever been to, um, um, oh my gosh, where was it we stayed that I hated in South Carolina? Myrtle Beach. Um, and yes. everybody is like, oh. what's that? I said, no, you had never been there. Right. And so everybody was like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe you've never been there. It's like the best or whatever. And I had said, I'm like, you know, I like my family didn't take those types of vacations when I was younger or whatever. And, you know, a few of them looked at me and they were like, I never we never took vacations like that. Like we were, you know, we were happy if we went to New Jersey beaches when we were, you know, whatever, like we didn't see the beach a whole like because uh, my mom would try to at least maybe not every year, but every like year or two we would try to at least take like a trip to maybe go see the ocean. She always jokes that she has to check and make sure that it's still there, you know? And so like maybe a trip to like Atlantic city or what have you. Um, but I was never like that. And it, it, I had to like kind of stop and think like, Oh, that's right. Things that we're experiencing now are not like, I can't necessarily blame it on like my childhood or, you know, my parents didn't do this, that like I have a, I have a coworker and um he is not caucasian and every time that like i'll reference like a musical artist or a movie or whatever he always says to me he's like my parent i never watched that stuff growing up like my parents never introduced me to that and i'm like you're in your mid 40s you like okay i understand maybe you haven't seen a film or whatever but like you can't blame your parents and your childhood for movies or music or whatever that you didn't hear by the time you're in your mid forties, dude, you know what I mean? Like you could just say like, I'm not into that or whatever, but like, I, I, I don't know if that's exactly what you're kind of saying, Lisa, but like, I've, I've gone through something similar where I'm like, okay, just because this or that did or didn't happen in the past, it doesn't necessarily now. I mean, again, let's not forget. We talk about it all the time. Um, you know, they are supposed to be 17 year olds, you know, as we, as we 17 ish, um, you know what I mean? As we watch this. So like there is, I, I would not give faith the ultimate pass, but I would give her a little bit of a pass because like, she still is clearly trying to, you know what I mean? Like get that um, maturity sort of thing that we've, you know, pretty much, I mean, and again, I haven't even accomplished it at, at the age that I am, you know what I mean? So I would, I would say there is a little bit more there than just like, and I'm not saying that you said this, Lisa, but you know what I mean? More than just like, oh, you can't blame your past, whatever. Like she's still like the past is still relatively recent to her as opposed to like my, you know, childhood or whatever, which is quite a few years away now. Um, so I do, I, I, I think I understand what you're saying and I, and I agree with it, but again, I want to say, you know, we do have to kind of take with the pinch of salt. She is supposed to be like 17 here. Um, 
I'm kind of curious, uh, Kiona, this has been your first time in a long time watching this. I know that mm-hmm. uh, every time the topic of faith comes up, um, because, uh, you know, I know you're just you're the like the character guy. Right. The like the motivation for things. We actually just had this conversation on Apollonol recently. You know what I mean? Like the character motivations and yeah. things like that. So I'm kind of curious. Yeah. We see by the end of this episode, you know, Faith mm-hmm. has um, arguably embraced the dark side, if you will. So um, and it's it's all again, almost a year um, after. And she even comments on Angel having done that you know, the previous year, and this is almost a year after that fully. So I'm kind of curious, what do you think about Faith and her? Uh, there are some parallels. Yeah. Yeah, um, there there are some parallels between her and Angelus, I would say. Uh, in terms of, I, I think that she just represents Buffy's, like, you know, her, her Slayer side, her dark side, her animalistic side in a way. Like, Faith is so, she's so, like, to me, I just think of her as being very raw. Like she's, she's so, um, she doesn't really think about the consequences <laughs> of her actions, uh, which is why this episode is titled the way it is. And I think that she, she just reacts, you know, like, I, I don't think that she's really thinking very deeply in terms of the morality of her actions or anything like that. I think she's just, She's just reacting and she's just kind of like in denial and kind of like pushing away people that are trying to help her. And, and just because if she really did face it down, she would just see how much of a just terrible person she's being. And I feel like that's, that's something where um, she seems to be really struggling with that. Uh, I'm trying really hard not to like, not to go into the things that I know. Um, but, you know, I, I would say that just looking at this episode in particular for what it is, um, Faith is at a crossroads and she's going down a path. I don't, obviously not the right path. Um, Buffy just did all she could for her and she's going to face the consequences of her actions. Frankly, that's that's it. I, I just think that um, I don't know. <laughs> I think that she's really just angry and maybe at herself, maybe at others, maybe at, at the world for the position that she's in. Maybe she doesn't know why she's angry. Um, but I think that she's just giving into like the, the darker impulses and she's just acting off of whatever it is that her instinct is at this point. When I was a kid, I wanted to learn to play the guitar so badly. (laughs) Hi, my name is Ryan Kratz, and while I may not be your voice of choice, I am a voice. I just wrote a song, and I would appreciate it if you checked it out. It's called Joke. It's live on uh, Spotify, YouTube, Apple, Android, laptop, Walkmans, Discmans, iPods, Anywhere where you listen to music, pretty much, I should have rehearsed this. Whoa, I'm pretty sure that life's a joke. Whoa, 
No, and I think, I mean, like you said, the the episode title is very uh, appropriately named Consequences because not only is this, of course, the, you know, the follow-up to what happened at the end of the previous episode, but it sort of, it, it sort of sets up what future consequences there might be because there's the consequences for what Faith did, there's the consequences for uh, Buffy's reaction to it and Faith's reaction to it. And as much as it kind of answers, so it's, it kind of gave me um, slight lost vibes in as much as it answered some questions, but asked some complete brand new ones by the end of the episode. Um, mm -hmm. Lisa, what did you, did you have something that you wanted to say? Uh, well, Keon, I really like what you talked about with that impulsivity and that kind of raw nature, because when you were saying that, I was thinking about, you know, Freud's, um, you know, the id, the ego and the superego. I'm not sure if you guys mm. are familiar with that, but how, yes. yeah, um, you know, faith so. really represents the id part, the right? Id. Like that impulsive, animalistic, doesn't think about the moral, the morality, doesn't think about the consequences. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Buffy is really representing the ego here because she's kind of vacillating between, okay, well, what is the morally right thing to do with this power? And, um, you know, she's not just running fully on emotion, right? She's trying to make logical decisions as well. And so I really like that that contrast that you pointed out. Um, I do want to make just about contrast. I want to make note of something that I noticed specifically based off of something you pointed out recently, Lisa. Um, the costume choice during mm -hmm. the scene where Buffy goes to talk to Giles and she's in like the bright pink jacket. And of course, traditionally, Faith is in the all black and, you know, sort of the the good and bad parts of their personality. I believe you pointed out something uh, similar to that in a, a more recent episode. So I noticed that and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's exactly what we were talking about last time. So uh, definitely wanted to point that out and give you a shout out for that. So, Ruth, similarly to uh, Kiona and myself, you've watched the show multiple times. Um, this is the first time in a long time that uh, you are watching it. I don't believe you were on the bad girls discussion with us. I believe you, no. you weren't able to make that. So sort of, I, I don't know if you watched them as like a back to back sort of thing or what have you. Um, but I'm kind of curious, bad girls leading into this, you kind of get this whole story as one as opposed to you know week to week like we're sort of doing here um but this uh this turn if you will for faith i know we've kind of talked about how she's been a little left behind this season and now uh to sort of see all of this unfold again uh for the first time in a long time for you what'd you think yeah it was it was kind of interesting it's like you kind of you kind of felt something coming um as far as you know like she she's trying to influence Buffy and you know that's not going to happen you know what I mean like Buffy will have fun and and you know whatever but when when it comes right down to it she has a job to do and she knows she has a job to do and she's going to do that job and you know faith is all about the how does it feel you know like it, it's she's she's less 
um, end goal oriented, I think. And she's just, how does it feel in the moment? She's very much in the moment of all the things. That's how like Buffy realized they both should have realized that that person was a human, but faith was just going with her feelings. Her feeling was let's kill this person, you know, whatever, and just went with it. And I, I just, you know, you kind of saw that coming. Um, I just, truthfully, I had, I was like really interested in the, the dynamic of how, like, it seemed to me, cause I didn't get in on the conversation, whatever. I was a little concerned that I missed something with um, Willow uh, when she was crying in the bathroom. Was that weird or was that just me? No, I th I think that was um, to do with the Xander aspect of it. Well, yeah, because she loved him and he slept with Faith and, and all that. But I wasn't sure if some of that was crying for Buffy. You know, the fact that her and Buffy were kind of estranged and, and whatever. That's why I was had to go back and, and double check that I missed something, you know. Um, I and that's, think... But, Sorry. That's right. Uh, no, I actually thought it was really interesting because it, it. I think it's Willow really being jealous of of Faith, right? Because Faith has this characteristic, right, that being the slayer with Buffy. That Willow, you know, as close as Willow and Buffy are, they'll never have that connection. Yeah. And so I think it's her being upset that she can't have this connection with Buffy as much as she wants it, and then faith being with xander right that's like living out this fantasy yeah. that she had pretty much her entire life up until you know obviously there's some residual feelings there but up until recently and so faith is living out what she wants her life to be and um i just love willow and i'm very upset for her in the moment so yeah. i i, I yeah. understood it just because i feel so connected to the character you and then, say, and she was so, she was so sweet because she gave she gave Buffy a hard time, and Buffy started to cry. She's like, "I'm so sorry. I know I was too hard on you." And it's like, well, no, that was one so of, cute. That was one of the yeah. funniest moments of the episode. Yes, she's like, "I know I can, you know, become unleashed. I don't know my own strength." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. then she makes the comment inadvertently, saying something about you know, I, I killing something with my bare hands or whatever. And yeah. that's the thing that pushes Buffy over the edge. But going back to something that, that Lisa just said there for a moment, this I think there's one more layer to that, the Willow being jealous of Faith sort of thing, right? Because we never, like, we never really get confirmation about, and I know it's going to sound weird, especially because, like, it's a high school show or whatever, but, like, Buffy and Angel clearly slept together right and it's supposed to be the the thing of you know the, the taking the virginity and whatever um willow and oz have clearly done some stuff but they never necessarily say you know whatever because like she's you know sh uh the one time he's getting uh he's about to transform into a werewolf or he already is a werewolf or whatever and xander gets really jealous because she makes the comment that she's not gonna admit whether she has or hasn't seen the full monty um and then uh she has like said multiple times that you know she thinks it's time that her and oz take that next step whatever it's uh, i believe supposed to be heavily implied if not said outright that 
Xander and Faith being together was his first time as well. So that would say that Xander and Willow never did. So there's that aspect, like we just said. But not only is it, I think, that, like Lisa just said, Faith has that connection with Buffy, which she actually says to her, you know, like, I get it. You two are slayers and you're out doing your thing, whatever. But it's also maybe the fact that when the show first started, Willow liked Xander, Xander liked Buffy. And even while Xander and Cordelia were together, like even Cordelia was like, oh no, like she still acknowledged that Xander had a thing for Buffy. And was that because, you know, Buffy is beautiful? Is it because she's, you know, strong in the Slayer and all that sort of stuff? Because again, we've we've sort of talked about how Xander may have that sort of I don't want to say kink, but you know what I mean? Sort of sort of deal, because like he found himself attracted to Cordelia, who is very um, not necessarily physically powerful, but like she has a very powerful presence. Um, he was ba- he very was, dominant personality. Thank you. That was the word I couldn't think of. Dominant. Yes. Um, Why would I think of that? Gee, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> um and so like he he had a similar thing with with kendra where he was like attracted to her and again like that she wasn't necessarily she didn't have that dominant personality but it was sort of like oh you know she's a slayer whatnot so the fact that he you know was with cordelia he was fooling around with willow and neither one of them allegedly apparently took his virginity but faith this version of willow that uh, this version of buffy willow sort of thing that willow wants to be is you know like got to have that you know moment and experience with xander and especially because like you know buffy basically says like that means nothing to to uh faith and whatever i think that mm-hmm. may be a part of it on willow's end as well is the fact that like if it had been Cordelia, and I'm, this is me speculation, like if it had been Cordelia, it's like, okay, that's fine. They were dating. They were like clearly involved. But now there's this other person who Willow's already jealous of. And Willow mm. didn't get to be that person for Xander either. And now there's this person that she's already jealous of. And she got to do one more thing that like Willow didn't even get to do or whatever. You know what I mean? Also, the fact that it didn't mean anything. That, that there was no connection, but it also didn't mean anything to her, you know? That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's part of it as well, is the fact that, like, Buffy had said to Xander, and I don't remember if, off the top of my head if she said it to just Xander or if she said it in front of the whole group, but it was basically just that concept of, like, it, it doesn't mean anything to her, to Faith. You know, because he, and he, even after that, he still thinks that, you know, there there was a connection there, which is why he goes to visit her and try to tell her, like, you know, when all is said and done, like, I'm on your side or whatever. And I think she's, I think Faith is kind of right with her assessment. I think she goes about it the wrong way. And I think she, you know, is deflecting and all that sort of, so all those all those other fancy words that, like, Lisa would use. Um, but, you know, she basically says, like, I- I'm sure that would make you feel great you know, being the one to defend me and stand up for me and, you know what I mean? All that sort of stuff. Um, And I think there is definitely a layer to Xander where that would make him feel some sort of way, right? Because he is 
We've talked about it before, not to get, you know, to Xander about this, but he is sort of that one that doesn't have anything quote unquote special about him in the same way that Buffy and Willow and Faith do. Um, Bill, uh, I'm kind of curious. Uh, I know we we talked a little bit. Normally, I I I, I don't want to say I pick on you first, but I I normally call on you first. But uh, similar to Lisa, where this is the first time she's watched it in quite a while, second time through, this is your first time watching it overall. So I'm kind of curious what you thought about the consequences episode here. I mean, this episode. I mean, Faith is just so. I get I cringe when she says B. I think. Like, call, I, I could deal with Buff, or, you know, I don't expect it to be Buffy, but Buff is okay. But when she says B, I'm like, ugh. It's just so cringy. Um, and, yeah, I mean, she knows. I mean, she's, I just, I just have this, I just see this vulnerability in her, that she's so vulnerable, that I really feel like it's all a facade. And I think... I think Buffy sees it a little bit. <clears throat> and, you know, no matter how tough she acts, I really think it's just a facade. And I, I imagine there's going to be a breakdown at some point. You know, I don't know. But you can only live that, that facade for so long. So. Um, we do see the return. It's not like super noticeable but we do see the return of the pretty much one police officer or detective that sunnydale has um he interviews buffy and faith. liked him yeah <laughs> he interviews buffy and faith about the um because there were allegedly witnesses that placed them at the scene um of the of the death of the deputy mayor or whatever he was I, I i have to say i love the fact that mayor mm -hmm. wilkins gets all upset about the fact that um everything that like um supernatural that they were doing in nature the deputy mayor kept files on it all so he's there and he's like having a shredding party basically because um he's trying oh, to yeah. get rid wow. of all of the evidence <laughs> <laughs> The Marvel Cinematic Universe is ever-expanding, but with Clockshelves Entertainment's MCU and me, we are going through all of the different pockets of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, starting all the way at the very beginning with Iron Man. That's right, we go through the films, we're going through the TV series, we're going through the then-Netflix series, and so much more. We are currently in Phase three of the marvel cinematic universe over at mcu and me featuring myself and a plethora of people some familiar voices some brand new voices over at mcu and me check out the marvel cinematic universe rewatch podcast from clock shelves entertainment um what does he say about it he says usually shredding documents makes me feel better yeah yes um Usually makes me really happy, and now I'm not. We do get the, well, we knew it already, but I think uh, when Buffy and Faith go investigating, um, Buffy gets the first, I think it's the first official confirmation on her end, this late into the season, by the way, but the first official confirmation that um, 
the mayor is clearly on the side of evil only because she spots him with Mr. Trick, who she knows uh, from past um, run-ins is uh, a baddie. So she, you know, that, that piece is finally uh, put together there. Um, we get to see, uh, I, I know I read the, the little bit of the part that was cut out of the episode, but we do get to see a little bit of, um, Angel here sort of doing his, like, I was bad. And so I know how she feels sort of thing. um, with his shoulders up to his ears, of course. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna um, say. I was gonna say her her shoulder acting just is not up to par. <laughs> um, her shoulders her shoulders aren't up to it. They need to be up to here instead, you know. And he he put he puts them yeah, up so even higher. Up to, up to the neck, you know. <laughs> I found it really funny that like two dudes, two normal dudes with no powers from the Watchers Council, were able to go in there in like one minute and like beat him down and and take faith. I mean, that was a little embarrassing. That was a little contrived. Right? Like, it was just, like, just two normal dudes. Just take him out in literally, like, 30 seconds. Well, it was the and cross, right? The <laughs> it was, I mean... I mean, he it kicked it, him a little bit. I mean, come on. He, no, but I'm he's saying, been but around was, long enough. But it was, it, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree, but I think it was, it was the cross, right? Because Wesley comes in, and the scared-ass look on his face when he's, like, holding up that... And it's, it's really odd. I mean, I get it. Like, the, the story needs it. They were planning the spinoff and whatever. But like, yeah, Wesley is such a by the book, like stick in the mud that I'm surprised he was mm -hmm. like, you know, let him like that. He let Angel live as opposed to being like, take him out now, guys, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. Dial the next generation. Yes. <laughs> I'm kind of curious and I'm I normally I call on someone or what have you but i'm kind of going to open this up to to anyone who wants to answer um what do we what do we think i, I i'm going to say straight up i feel like it's obviously in the character to do it but what do we think about the fact that faith kind of had the idea to go to giles first and ended up trying to pin all of it on buffy and the fact that it kind of took buffy a little longer to you know get the idea to go to giles and that you know he at least let on the fact that you know he thought it was her based off of what faith said and what have you so that's exactly when i sent the text in the group chat <laughs> and why i was so angry because at the end of the day right like when you think about okay who even if buffy did do it right who has to take the fall for this? Who has more to lose? Faith has nothing to lose. Like, like she doesn't have family or friends or a future. I mean, let's be real. She's not in school. She's not thinking about if she wants to go to college or whatever else. So if she goes to prison, I mean, no one, I mean, people might be a little upset, but like Buffy has her mom and her, her friends and she's going to go to college and she has so much going for her. And the fact that that Faith just puts herself before Buffy, I mean, it just, that really, really triggered me. I was so angry at that because Buffy has everything to lose 
And Faith didn't give a fuck. She just literally did not care. She was ready to throw her under the bus and ruin her entire life. I mean, that's that's on par, though, right? Because Faith, and she's said it before, she's a survivor. She's going to basically do whatever she can. And I am going to I am going to slightly disagree with you because, like, I don't think I don't think that if it had been the other way around that Faith should have like if it was Buffy, that Faith should have been like, well, I have nothing to lose, so I'm okay going to jail like you have so much to lose, whatever. I don't necessarily think that part I agree with. I do agree that like Faith should have like thought a little more of like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to ruin this girl's life. And like, you know, Buffy has so much to live for. Um but like I said, that's kind of Faith's character, right? Is she's she's a survivor. She's going to do whatever she can. She doesn't know what the consequence will be because she, you know, she says it in this episode. She, they, the Slayers, they are the law. And, and you know, she's sort of of the belief of, you know, they've saved hundreds of lives possibly thousands of lives they've killed hundreds possibly thousands of demons and vampires and things that go bump in the night and does killing one guy really tip the scales that much now you yeah, have but... a character like angel who would say yes because like that's sort of his mantra right is like he has to atone for every single terrible thing that he did and no matter how many good things he does it's never going to outweigh that but i i don't necessarily think that faith i think and i'm i i agree like it's sort of one of those things where it's like yeah it's it's in her character but that doesn't mean i have to like the character because I'm, I'm assuming that that was probably a thought that ran through your head while i'm saying this not to put words into your mouth Lisa, i'm sorry but no um go ahead well, I was going to say what, what ran through my mind as you were saying that is that, you know, saying, oh, well, Faith didn't really know what the consequence would be. Clearly, she thought it bad enough that she didn't want to own up to it, because if she would if she thought it would just be a slap on the wrist because she's, quote unquote, the law, she would have just sold on herself. Well, like I said, so I think that goes going to be bad. I think that but I think that goes back to the whole, you know, she's a survivor and she's gonna and both two songs just popped into my head oh my gosh uh reba and destiny's child um <laughs> but uh you know that's sort of her mo if you will right is no matter what happens it's i think her sort of thing is it's it's either them or me and it's not gonna be me yeah. Well, and then I think the end of the episode reinforces that whole thing. So, right there, right. So I I agree that if she thought it was going to be you know one thing, she she should have done this, but that's not her. That's not in her wheelhouse to do. I think too, it really does speak to Faith's like the way she avoids responsibility and the way that she runs from her problems because that's been established pretty much since she showed up that she doesn't really face things head on. And she kind of just, she deflects and she avoids and she runs. Which again, not a good personality trait to have for what it's worth. <laughs> no, um, but I also have, uh, have that impulse as well. Um, so I understand it doesn't mean I condone it, but I do understand it. 
Well, I mean, you and I have talked uh, off mic and not to bring too much of personal stuff on here, but there are times, um, whether it be for this or like if we were, you and I were scheduled to do like a Paul and all, or when we were doing the wrestling show or whatever, mm-hmm. where it's just sort of one of those things where one of us would message the other going like, Hey, terrible day. Can't do it. <laughs> and I don't want to be bothered. You know what I mean? And yeah, and that's definitely gone happens. both ways. And, you know, we're like, we're friendly enough where I, you know, I'll say like, you know, got it. You say, got it. We check on each mm-hmm. other in a day or so or whatever. So mm-hmm. I, it is, I mean, I get it. I, I do the same thing where I'm just like, not, not dealing with any of it, any of the rest of it. And it's not a you thing. And it's like, it's not me saying to you, like, I can't deal with you. And it's not you saying to me, like, Paul, I can't listen to your voice anymore. I mean, maybe <laughs> But, you know, um, no, I'm kidding. Um, But you know what I mean? It's 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 a personal thing, but it is unfortunately very relatable in in that Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. Very much. Yes. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I have a lot to say this this episode. (laughs) Um, I think another thing that gets me and again, coming from. more of a professional standpoint is as a counselor, you know, one of the biggest things that counselors, I don't want to say that we avoid, but that we kind of know that there's no hope (laughs) as bleak as that sounds is when somebody is in denial. Mm -hmm. I've, Mm -hmm. you know, I've said my whole counseling career, I used to work in substance use for many years and methadone and, you know, I, I would tell clients, you know, when they came to me and said, listen, I've been using, I, you know, I relapse, whatever it is, I would commend them for it. Because I would say, you know, this shows that you want to grow and change. Because if you came in here and tried to lie about it or be in denial about it, that would show me that you're not ready, which is fine. But I can't help somebody who's not ready. I can't help someone who's in pure denial of what they're experiencing. And so... I understand, you know, kind of what Bill was saying, you know, obviously faith is, you know, it's a facade, right? She's obviously very vulnerable. She's hiding behind this facade. But at the same time, you know, to me, when I see Buffy trying so hard to save her, mm-hmm. it's like Buffy really needs to have boundaries because you can't save someone who's in complete denial like that. They have to have some type of awakening. Like, like Buffy's not going to bring her out of denial. Nobody is. That has to be on her own. And mm-hmm. so the whole episode, I'm just like, Buffy, have better boundaries. Like, you have to, like, worry about yourself, right? Because she's so focused on worrying about Faith. And I, I just feel bad for Buffy because I really think she needs to just focus on herself and, and her own issues. I agree. Absolutely. Setting boundaries is very, very difficult especially when you're someone who's trying to help other people all the time or like you feel that that it's your responsibility to and i just i i find that in my own life it's very difficult to set those boundaries myself and it's like it's just something where i don't know it it's it's a very it's just difficult One of my favorite things about recording any of the shows that I do, like MCU and Me, or Lost with Friends, or even back when we used to do Wrestling Renegades, is finding out little uh, details about the people that we have on. 
Uh, and sometimes in the middle of those conversations, you get some very interesting details about who the people are. And of course, we try to present you with who those people are across the various Clock Shelves Entertainment shows. And one of the best ways that we do that is on our show, Polynol. Um, it is where I sit down uh, with various people from all over the world, as I always say, and I just talk with them. And I, the, you know, no topic is too small on our show, Paul and all, as our intro says. And I would love if you would go and check it out, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, of course, you can find the links across all of our social media. And, you know, you could help us grow that show as well, because sometimes it's fun talking with the Losties or the True Believers uh, about things that aren't necessarily Lost or Marvel or wrestling or what have you. Um, sometimes getting to know the people is what is the fun part for me. I am Paul. I am your voice of choice here at Clock Shelves Entertainment, and I host Paul and All. Go check it out. I, I feel like with with Buffy in this case, though, I, I did feel like she she was so hyper hyper focused on that that it was kind of to the detriment of everything else, or not to the detriment of it, but just to like you know like, like they're on to something pretty big with the mayor, and um, she's just so focused on saving Faith. Well, that's, I mean, that sort of speaks to, like I said about Faith's character is like, you know, uh, running and, and you know, it, it's it's either them or me and it's not going to be me and whatever. That's sort of Buffy's thing, right, is unfortunately Buffy thinks that she can save everyone and that it's her job to save everyone from everything, mm -hmm. which I think had this not... Had it not been that both she and Faith know what happened to the deputy mayor, excuse me, that at the beginning, when Wesley, as their new commander, by the way, one of my favorite parts of the whole episode, I'm your commander now. Uh, no, um, had wow. he had <laughs> had he said to them like, "Oh, investigate this," I don't think there would have been as much pushback. Because it's it it could have fallen within their realm because like they knew something was up with the mayor, but they didn't really know like what. So you know what I mean? Like the deputy mayor being murdered and whatever, like maybe blah blah blah. But I think it would because like that again, that goes with Buffy's character of like wanting to save and protect everyone, sort of thing. Ruth? So, well, along with that, I, I think Buffy, um, she wants to save the world, but she's trying to please everybody as well. And one of the hard things is that Faith keeps telling her, you're just like me. And we know that she's had that question of, is there darkness in her? And so when Faith is telling her, you're just like me, you have these same feelings and you're going to do what I'm doing. That's really hard for her because yeah, she wants to save faith, but she's also in that. Am I that, is that really me? Do I behave, you know, do I have that in me? And the, Good the point. people 
pleaser part of her, which is, you know, like you were talking about setting boundaries. When you are a people pleaser, that is really hard because you want mm -hmm. everybody to like you. You want to do 100%. for for everybody. You don't have boundaries. There are no boundaries because everybody else is in front of you, like ahead of you. Mm -hmm. you. You always think of yourself last. You always put everybody else first to the complete detriment of yourself a lot of times. So there's no... Yes, you know you should set boundaries, and that's a hard thing too because you know you should, but you don't. And then it's like, and then when people tell you that, then you feel bad because I'm not pleasing the person who told me to set boundaries, but I'm trying to please everybody else. Mm -hmm. you know? Very it's, true. It, it's a it's a very hard a very hard thing. In one hundred percent. When, like you said, you know, set boundaries. That's that's a great concept, but for people who have that issue it, it, I don't know that it ever happens it, I mean obviously it would take a lot of therapy to get to that right. point well I was gonna say a yes. lot of most of my clients are women and almost every single woman that comes to me has some type of issue with you know people pleasing not being able to set boundaries and like you said, putting everybody above themselves and because a lot that's what of we're from being it from the time that we're children, yeah, we're right. uh, as females that it is our job to make the world com a comfortable place for everyone else. Exactly, and and that's a lot. There's a lot of like deprogramming I have to do with a lot of these women because, like you said, it's been instilled in us as children, and uh, you know, seeing Buffy be that person, you know, it's it's upsetting because you know that she's fighting a losing battle almost because you can't save the world and you have to be able to put those boundaries in place in order to survive. And then again, I'm speaking on both the personal and professional level. And, um, you know, I empathize with her a lot, you know, and I think we see her obviously throughout the course of the show, put up those boundaries. I'll not too many spoilers, but she learns, you know, how to do that throughout the show. So um, it's a really interesting journey. Even in that situation, like, it's hard because, like, we don't even as speaking for myself personally, like, I went to therapy, you don't always tell the therapist the truth, because you don't want to disappoint them. You know, mm -hmm. like, that's hard too. like, that doesn't help anybody. If you're not the person who's supposed to be helping you, if you don't tell them everything. But we don't because we don't want to betray the people who, you know, we're covering for or protecting or um, just please trying, attempting to please. We want, you know, everybody to be happy. So you don't always say the all the things, which makes life miserable. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it, and like I said, you know, Buffy, it goes, when she goes, that that little girl look on her face when she goes in to try and tell Giles what's happening and Faith is already there and Faith tries to make it all about her, like that the Buffy did it. And when she when Buffy thinks that Giles believes Faith, she's devastated because the people pleaser part of her disappointed her dad. That's true. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And and she 
just she just has that. And then when he says he believes her, the relief is amazing on her. Like you, 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 you believe me because faith is like, well, who's you know, you've already lied to everybody about Angel and and everything else. It's pretty much who's going to believe you in this situation because you've covered things that you've done in the past. And and in that situation, faith is a master manipulator mm. in in how she manipulates, you know, the things that the way that she talks to Buffy, the way that she, um, you know, you're just like me. You know, that's like I, I hear the narcissisticness of that, mm. you know, mm. trying to keep Buffy to the. Well, you can't tell anybody because I'll tell everybody that you were involved in it too. You were right there with me when this happened. Yes, that was so manipulative. And mm-hmm. and who's yeah. who's and like pretty much who's going to believe you because you've already lied about things. You know, so you know the, nobody's going to. It's in it. It's that manipulator of you know, like I don't want to say, it, but you know people who uh, like an abuser is always going to make you feel like it's your fault. And, and that's a, a, a role that faith is playing in this because she's taking that vulnerability that Buffy has of um, knowing that they did something or, and that she helped cover for it and playing on that going, well, you know, you were there, you knew what happened. You didn't say anything. And if you say anything now, nobody's going to believe you because you've lied about other things in the past. It's mm-hmm. that, that, you know, they know where the weakness is and they poke at that. Mm-hmm. And it was a smart move on Giles's part because knowing how faith is unhinged and uh-huh. um, if Giles were not to, you know, if he were to argue with her, no telling what she would have done well yeah but the the stupid thing was i you know like i'm and i know i've seen it before but like part of me was like is it faith outside the door because you knew somebody was going to be listening (laughs) and i did not expect that faith was just going to walk away i figured she was going to listen to see how buffy got in trouble because that would feed her as well because that Mm -hmm. makes her feel good that somebody else is feeling bad and she had a she played a part in that. I figured she'd be there listening to to see how Buffy was going to be punished, you know. So you know, and I think that's what you're supposed to think is that it's you're supposed to think that it's faith that's out there. Go going but along it, with that, um, obviously we know it wasn't faith. We know it was Wesley. Um, this gives us. Uh, it's something we've kind of talked about a little bit here in season three because we get a little bit more um, history on them and, it, you know, things unfold as the as the show goes on. Um, but we've kind of talked about the Watchers Council, not our group chat, but the actual Watchers Council. Um, and uh, we, you know, Giles says, like, you know, this isn't the first time that something like this, you know, has happened You already know with Clock Shelves Entertainment, you get great times, global reactions, enticing aspects, tantalizing topics, and many entertaining scenarios. We talk the ever-expanding Marvel Cinematic Universe. We talk failed pilots and prep for new shows. 
and we talk some shows that are, you know, we're looking at in retrospect. We talk with friends from all various walks of life. Sometimes it's sports, sometimes it's sports entertainment, and sometimes it's just pure entertainment. We are all over the country and all over the globe. We're friends, we're family, we are Clockshelves Entertainment. Because it stands to reason, right? Like we talked last time about how, um, you know, Buffy, when she thought she killed a human in Ted, she had, you know, all of this remorse and, you know, oh my gosh, you know, what happens if I do use my powers on a human and, and, you know, what have you. And then that, that basically, obviously it was proven not true in that case, but it basically comes to pass here, but it's faith doing it uh, between the, the, between the bad girls episode and this episode. But it's, and it, the, the difference in how they both behaved, Buffy was devastated that she could have possibly killed a human and faith was like, eh, let's hide the body. But I mean, I mean, I know and I know you missed the conversation. We did talk about how at the end of that episode, she very much has like, at least from my perspective, um, she's like scrubbing her clothing and stuff. And I said that it's, you know, very reminiscent of Lady Macbeth, um, you know, once again, giving sort of the Shakespearean thing. But she has a moment of vulnerability when no one else is around where she's like she may actually be upset that she did this thing but then buffy comes there and then but she has to put on the the brave face and it's yeah. what we've sort of been talking about this whole episode where she has to put on this facade of i'm cool and everything just rolls right off my back and nothing bothers me um but uh the fact that like i said um giles says this isn't the first time that this sort of thing has happened. Cause like, if we're, you know, we don't at this point, we don't know quote unquote, how long the watchers council has been around. Um, so it stands to reason that it wouldn't take until 1999 for a slayer to, you know, accidentally harm or kill a non supernatural creature or whatever. And he says, you know, they, they have an investigation and whatever. And Wesley immediately puts that into action because it's we're we're slowly learning about his character, right? Because um, in the you know first episode or so that we've seen him, he's you know basically Buffy at one point says to Giles like we'll talk later, and he's like I'm your watcher now. The only person that you know the only thing that you need to talk to Mister Giles about is you know overdue book fees and whatever and he's clearly very jealous of the relationship that they have and the fact that buffy doesn't give him any respect and we we talked about it uh but i'll i'll mention it again here the fact that it took a little while for buffy to respect giles at all you know and and so yeah. it stands to reason that it might take her a little bit of time especially because um, you know, Wesley is just he's very buffoonish, you know, he's whereas a... <laughs> what'd you say? I was uh, Spike would say he's a pods. Yes. Um, <laughs> and and so, you know, it, it stands to reason. But 
and he even like i said his, he says in this episode you know like i'm your i'll say it with the very american accent I'm, I'm your commander now you know and he is because like buffy and fate well buffy at least questions him at the beginning of the episode you know why why do we have to investigate this and whatever and he is clearly trying to set the idea of the watcher is in charge i am the watcher you need to do what i say and as much as at the beginning faith is like that's fine we'll do whatever he he i think he has this idea and he knows like all right faith isn't really on board because you know buffy at least stuck around in the you know we saw the clip at the beginning you know previously on buffy stuck around faith walked out when they found out new watcher you know whatever um but he he thinks he being wesley thinks that you know the boundary needs to be set and the hierarchy needs to be set as well and you know he instead of listening to the words that giles and buffy are actually saying which are you know we we want to get in touch but let's not do anything rash because it'll tip our hand with regards to faith you know he immediately goes into action as if to say this will be the perfect way to not only prove to them that i'm in charge but show the council that i have things handled here so he places the call to the watchers council has to give a code word and spell it and all that goofiness um and then he he takes you know her faith into custody and but exactly what buffy and giles were talking about he underestimates her you know and it's sort of that thing of she takes down they're in the back of the the van or whatever and she takes down the guy and it sounds absolutely terrible to say, but what Wesley should have said was, I don't care if you kill him, you know, you need to, you need to, you know, pay for what you did, whatever. And especially if she did that, then that doesn't help her case, but he's too much of a wuss because he cares about people. Not a bad thing, by the way, but in that instance, you have to sort of have more of a, a stone face and a stone heart and he just doesn't again not a bad thing but um it was for that reason that buffy and giles said exactly what they said about not wanting to do anything too quickly and and you know tipping their hand to faith and whatever but he didn't want to play that game he had no patience and he needed to he needed to prove that he was in charge and he knew what he was doing and it backfired in an extreme way, unfortunately. So much so that by the end of the episode, Faith has now, as I said earlier, gone to the dark side and seemingly has joined up with the mayor after by the way, after they took down Mr. Trick. So goodbye, Mr. Trick. The two of them were introduced in the same episode. Aww. So, you know, I do like his <laughs> like, oh, something's not right. Like, <laughs> yeah, 
And he's like, oh, oh, that's no good. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how long sometimes they, they put immediately and sometimes they get to have that little uh, one-line zinger there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, when it's Mr. Trick, you have to give him a, a last, a final word. He came up with Slayer Fest 98. The greatest Slayer Fest. Well, with Kulak <laughs> of the Mequot clan. Um, <laughs> no, I just, I, I just really enjoyed uh, Mister Trick. He was, he was fun. But sadly, not long for the world. Well, I, I mean, depending on when he was turned into a vampire, perhaps longer than most. But like Maybe I said, I think than it's, most, yeah. I think it's kind of interesting that they were both introduced because there was if we remember there were three characters introduced in <laughs> that it was faith hope and trick it was scott hope the guy that buffy dated oh, yeah. very briefly um that kiona is still jealous of to this day um faith just vampire slayer and then mr trick and so now two of them have have gone away and are no longer characters that we focus on scott hope has faded into the background and um Mr. Trick has been um, dusted and now Faith and she, like I said, has has seemingly joined up with the mayor. Like we like uh, Kiona said before, a lot of parallels between sort of her going uh, to the the side of of evil and Angelus going to the side of evil in the previous season. Um, well, and, and also the strange thing about it is I know that I've I've commented about like how season three watching it back this time has not really not really grabbed me as much as it did in the past. And I think that um, the funny thing is that once bad girls happens, consequences happens all, all the way from there, you have like a, a just really, really at least interesting, if not good episodes. Like, I don't think that there's a bad episode, frankly. For the rest for of the season, time. no. Um, and actually, so building up to this, um, I've kind of been like trying to hint at it. The fact that, you know, and I, I've said it uh, a few times over the course of the last few episodes. Um, we've really known that the we've known that the mayor is is, you know, sort of being set up as uh, as the big bad, if you will. Um but I think this mm -hmm. sort of puts that even more to the forefront because now he has not only does he have whatever this big plan is that he's been clearly planning for a long time, um, made himself mm -hmm. immortal, as we saw in that terrible CG shot recently. <laughs> um, he, you know, has all those weapons. He has all he's done all this history. He and he says, like, you know, he's been waiting for this for a long time and whatever. Um but now he has someone who has uh, like intimate knowledge of his nemesis, his rival, Buffy and and the the Slayer crew, the Scooby. Yeah. And that, you know, it's similarly to, like we said, you know, Angelus. It was Spike and Drusilla. But then the moment that Angelus joined them, he was able to provide so much more having been on the side of Buffy and the Scoobies, um, that turn, you know, for the surprise and innocence episodes, and it may have taken some of us, <clears throat> Bill, 
a lot longer to realize, you know, Angelus was pure evil. Um, we had a meter and everything. Um, but uh <laughs> it it took us a, it took us a little longer in the season to get to this point. I, I still I'm still not buying it. <laughs> well, still Bill, I was not buying it, huh? I, I was actually gonna kick it to you and ask. It took a little bit longer in this season to get to sort of this third act if you will where where it's kind of starting to ramp up and and it the those final pieces are being put there and you know we would we would often when we would watch lost and talk about lost and all that sort of stuff you you might be able like the pieces of the of the season and what the you know quote unquote final showdown would be start to come together a few episodes before that so we're kind of at that point now where the pieces are being put in place. I'm kind of curious what you think now, um, not only with Faith joining, mm-hmm. but how how this is not necessarily predictions per se, but how you feel that this is all that this finale is shaping up to be. I just I just feel that even like with this episode, I watched and when he came in to save Xander, I'm like, he's Superman. He's like. He shows up at the right moment to save. He's always saving Buffy. Now he saves Xander. You know, he's a good guy. <laughs> no, I mean it's I I would I would agree. Um, I think it's kind of funny that he he. What is I gonna? How can I say it? Um, I don't know. I lost it now. Damn it! Right, Fiona, say something witty. <laughs> well is he superman or batman because he comes in there and hits her in the face with a bat <laughs> yeah true <laughs> but it just shows up at the right time and also he's a vampire so you know bats ah. but uh yeah anyway um but no yeah, i i um <laughs> no go ahead no i was just gonna say that like um that scene with uh, Faith and Xander uh, was a little bit, uh, oh my gosh, did they get away with quite yeah. a bit <laughs> on television, especially for back then. Well, it's it's one of those, and, and I know, you know, we were talking, like Lisa said, she doesn't necessarily like the Faith character or whatnot. I got to say, it. one of the things that I that I like about the character is I think maybe I'm the only one who thinks this, but I think there there was a bit of ambiguity there. And and I understand Angel says mm-hmm. like, you know, hey, she's she's you know, she's taken a life and he like paints a fantastic picture by the way. I know not everybody is a fan of of him or his acting or whatever. I think he delivered those lines very well where he's like, you know, uh talking about uh, you know, um the, the 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 all the years they may have like you're responsible for that going away and you know whatever um but he says that she you know she's gotten the taste of it so like she may want to kill again but i think there is a bit of ambiguity there would she have actually killed xander and i i personally don't know for sure whether she would have or wouldn't have You know, I don't know. That's a that's a really good question because I just feel like I, I feel like it's possible because she was very much 
like she was really giving into her to her animal instincts in that scene like she was just she was pushing that boundary of like how far can i go and and i think that that she was she seemed to me to be very caught up in that in that like i'm i'm more you know i'm stronger than xander i could totally just snuff him out right here right now and I, I let's just say I think that if Angel did not arrive in time, I think that would have been a very, a very sad day for for Xander, uh, a very bad day for him. I don't know that she would have held herself back. But that's the thing, right? Is like it could have easily, like he, it could have easily just been where she, like, took her hands off of his throat and been like, "See, I'm not as terrible as you guys think I am," or whatever. I, yeah, maybe. She could have done that, but yeah, but she didn't. Nope. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. I think that she just, you know, and she kind of views Xander as pathetic at that point. You know, like I just feel like I, I just feel like she wasn't, she wasn't really in a in a in in the mode of like this guy's my friend. You know, she's she's not in that mode. She's just in the mode of like, how far can I push this line? How much can I get away with? And, you know, how much are they going to forgive me for? I, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, I, I feel like she's just taking advantage of that. She's taking advantage of their kindness, essentially, right now at this point. Yeah, well, of their empathy, at the very least. Right. Um, did we have anything else that we wanted to talk about with the episode consequences? Uh, what was that code word that uh, Wesley had to give again? What was it, Paul? It was monkey, wasn't it? It was monkey. <laughs> I don't know why. God, why do, do I say it funny? No, it was just oh. funny. No, it was just like you just avoided saying it earlier. So I was just like, well, no, but he he also Wesley couldn't spell it. M O. Just put him on the phone. Well, I think he was just fed up with it at that point. But it was that that was, you know, I'm glad that they put in like little things here and there, even though they're super cheese. But I'm glad that they put them in just to be just to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. Well, I mean, it's all about timing, right? Yeah. Like and this is something uh, for those who are listening um, and maybe are interested in checking it out over on uh, Content Club, the Clock Shelves Patreon. We have done some bonus episodes where we are covering the origin comic book, uh, the story of the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer, sort of retold in comic book form to stay more in tune with the original script written by the creator of the show. Uh, however, as we've noticed, there are some super cheesy lines, which very much paint it as <laughs> the early to mid 90s. But the funniest thing that we've talked about is the fact that allegedly this is supposed to be less campy than the film. If you've watched the film, you realize how campy that is. And these are supposed to be less that and they're not necessarily. So the cheese factor is good, but like in sparingly and in the right spots yeah well i mean they it wasn't like they did you know they didn't do it like in every single scene in this episode which is good because you want it you you want there to be consequences for what happened in the last episode 
which is why appropriate title. But yeah. Um. So this episode was written by Marty Noxon. Um, she's you know joined in season two, written quite a few episodes of the series so far. Goes on to uh, move her way up the ranks in terms of writer producers later on in the series. Um, and it was directed by Michael Gershman, who uh, was unfortunately he passed away in 2018. He was a uh, serial uh, TV and uh, TV director um, and cinematographer and things like that. Uh, so pretty much people who have consistently worked on the show uh, since the beginning of it. Um, if we didn't have anything else to say about the uh, consequences episode, I will tease that we are doing the episode Doppelgangland next time we all get together. And for those who know what that is, Kiona has a big smile on his face and I don't, I can't even see him and he's <laughs> almost a country away. And I can tell you that he has probably a smile big enough to rival the Cheshire cat. Oh yes. On his face. Um, Absolutely. I, I like this episode. Um, I, if I had to guess Ruth likes this episode, if Lisa remembers what it is, uh, I'm sure she'll she would say that she likes this episode. And Bill, I'm sure that by the time we're all uh, said and done talking about it, you will. Uh... Well, I'd like to think you'd enjoy this episode, but I didn't think you would enjoy Go Fish and you still uh, talk highly about that one to this day. Um, so I'm not quite sure how Bill will feel about this, um, but we will find out next time uh, that we talk here on a buffy verse and converse um and i hope that we can all uh join again but if we can't let them know where they can find you all across social media in case they want to talk to you about the episode and you're not there in case they have any thoughts that they want to uh follow up with anything you said or just generally reach out to you all um in no particular order let's go ruth kiona lisa and bill so I'm my name on Facebook as well as just plain crazy face art on Facebook. Um, you can find me at Neoplasmic24 on the social media platform that is going downhill, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, Neoplasmic24 on there, and um, also on Instagram and Threads at Neoplasmic81. And I am also on Twitter as Viva La Deadly. And Bill may be not anywhere online because he's stranded in the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> if something bad happened, I'm going to feel really bad that I said that now. <laughs> we'll get it in the edit. <laughs> and I'm just Bill Cobber on Facebook. <laughs> I am on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at JPGRB. Uh, you can find more about all of us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Clockshelves. That's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. Uh, as I said, doppelgang land next time we talk. And I'm sure we will all have a lot to say as we talk about that episode. But until next time... This has been the discussion on consequences here on Buffy Verse and Converse, and I hope you all had a fantastic time. Thanks for listening. Take care, everyone. Mm -hmm.